Welcome back, everybody, to the Voices for Blogging podcast, where we have faces for radio and voices for blogging. You can find us on the Podbean app, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you find your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, at Voices for Blogging. Drop us a DM anytime you want. We'll be happy to hear from you. As always, I'm here in Honolulu, Hawaii. And over in Los Angeles is my old friend, Roycey. Roycey, how you doing? What's up? <laughs> Here we go again with another three uh, very long hiatus from our, our last episode. Yeah. Well, what happened? I don't know. I, 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 yeah. And I, 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 who knows? You know, time flies when time flies when things reopen. Yeah. <laughs> Catches up on all the things that you've been doing since then. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man, things have been great. I mean, you know, this week, uh, a couple of our students from our massage school, our medical massage school, just sat for the, the state exam to become licensed massage therapists here in Hawaii. Uh, and, bo- and both of them had good feedback about how they think the test may have went. So I'll find out in a week. But there's just a bunch going on, man, here in Hawaii. I mean, there's a whole bunch of activity. You see people out. Waikiki is packed. Uh, traffic is back to normal, which is annoying. Um, it's like we didn't learn a damn thing from from the pandemic. We made no adjustments to what 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 what, what could have made our world a little bit better. We just went back into it. You know, it, it's it's so it's been pretty interesting. Um, I heard you guys are I heard you guys are uh, giving away money and trips and everything for uh, vaccinations. Yeah, I mean, as a whole, like we've talked about on the show in the past, we've always been pretty good with our vaccinations. Uh, and we're just getting close to some pretty big benchmarks, and I, the state's really trying to find ways to get us there. So we're, we're not far from 60% from our population to get vaccinated. And if that happens, you know, a lot of things really, a lot of limitations and a lot of restrictions start to fall off, you know, kind of fall off to the wayside. And then, you know, we're really not that, you know, we're looking at projecting 70% being somewhere around the summer is some of the end of summer is some of the optimistic projections for that. You know, we get to 70% here, all our restrictions go away. We don't have any. Wow. So that's huge. I mean, so it's great. Uh, We'll see how that turns out. Um, Seems like we have a chance by September to get to 70%, but we'll see. Wow. September September seems far away. Like California is supposed to reopen fully. It was going to be next week, but right. I think that I've been hearing some different uh, things happening uh, where we may not ex- like fully, fully reopen next week. But right. I mean, we're pretty much there, and Vegas is a hundred percent open, yeah. yep. you know, all the way. Yep. You know, it was even it was pretty open when I went there about maybe a month ago now, uh, and they had already basically remove the mask mandate because they were saying that uh, as long as you had your vaccinations, you didn't have to wear a mask, but they're not checking. It's just, you know, it's just on everyone's honor and, you know, people are going to do what they're going to do. I mean, and so far so good, right? And the places that that's happened, and we're not going to talk about the South or some of those places where vaccination rates are like 30%. um, But in other states where you have a pretty high vaccination rate, like, you know, the mass mandates are down and like they are in most places. I mean, Hawaii right now, our mass mandate is down for outdoors. 
we don't have one for outdoors for the most part. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, because I mean, the studies support that. Uh, indoors, it, it's still it's still in that thing where if everyone's vaccinated, okay, no need. But at businesses, that it hasn't changed. You know, in businesses, the mask mandate's still on for businesses. Just is what it is at this point. It's just the question is kind of like, how do you how do you try to verify? Do you just rely on the honor system? You know, clear the, the company that does all that, does all the checking at the airport and has that has the product to for travel passports, you know, for vaccine transports. I, I've seen that they have, you know, an app that, you know, is legitimate in telling someone if someone's been vaccinated or not, because they use it for international travel and it looks like they're using it at some arenas around the around the US for sporting events. Oh, interesting. I'm just taking a picture of my vaccination card on my phone. Oh yeah? I thought yeah, someone was mentioning that and I thought it was a good idea. So that's I just took a picture of it. At least I mean, I don't it's better than nothing because the idea of holding up this, keeping this cardboard card around with you, it's a horrible idea. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have to take this thing around with you. It's nuts. Yeah. It's, it's, it sucks. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't seem like the hardest thing to try to replicate. If so, and want to make fake ones. <laughs> There's fake ones. People have been stealing them. Uh, a guy got caught up here uh, stealing a bunch of them uh, from the place that he worked at. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's big, there's big money to be made selling those. There is, there is, and you know, I haven't really kept up with in some of the places where you know there's a lot of people milling around. But you know, we haven't had a lot of outbreaks here, uh, even though you know tourists are coming in. I mean, we we got tourists in pretty good numbers coming in right now. We still have our our pre our you know pre travel testing program in place. Um, so uh, supposedly that's helping, but yeah, we're in a good place here. We, and I can't complain. Uh, business activity for us is at, at, at you know my businesses that I run. I can't blame the pandemic for why, if anything's down, you know everything's back to normal, if not better than it was. So yeah. So so check this out. Uh, I don't know if you've been following, but there was a Bitcoin conference mm-hmm. this past week in Miami. Okay. And uh, there were a bunch of people that tweeted today, basically, that they got COVID. And there you go. There's my, <laughs> and, thing, with uh, the, there's my <laughs> thing with the South. <laughs> yeah, well, so the interesting thing was, and, and this actually this points back to how things have changed so much in the last couple months, is that uh, many of the people that got COVID at the Bitcoin conference are from Europe. Because yeah. in Europe, the vaccine isn't as readily available as it is in the United States. It isn't 100% right. I mean, that's been going on. And so I saw today, and you know, when I say today, we're recording on June 10th here. The headline just came across that the U.S. is going to be donating hundreds of millions of vaccines around the world now. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that's the, that's, it's time to do that. It's time to kind of help the world kind of get to where at least where we are, help get there because, you know, it's, you know, it, people, you know, it, not everyone wants to get it. So it is what it is. So there's no sense us hoarding these vaccines that, you know, if we're not going to use it, let's let's get it out to the other countries and, and let's let's kind of help be a part of just getting everyone back to normal as, as much as possible. This is what yeah. it is. So I was happy to hear that that news came out today. 
That's really encouraging. Japan needs a whole bunch. Let's get, you know, like, let's get Japan a little more vaccinated so the Olympics can happen in at least a safer platform than it would if they didn't. Yeah. It sounds like the people there are not too happy that the Olympics are happening. So I yep. think it changes a little bit if they were more widely vaccinated there too. Right. So If you get at least one shot in their arms uh, before the Olympics comes to town, and if let's say you put a mandate, and I don't know, I, I, haven't, I haven't read about it too much, but like every athlete should be vaccinated that comes yeah. in. So theoretically, if every athlete is vaccinated coming in, it's really not that much of a threat for them to come in. Theoretically. Yeah. Although some people have been saying that, like, even if you have been vaccinated, you can still get it, especially with uh, all these variants that are going around. Yeah. Right? But- yeah. Uh, th- those, those news reports bother me because uh, when you read the statistics that go along with that, it's not very likely. And yeah. Even with that Delta variant, uh, the Pfizer vaccine is 88% effective against it. Yeah. That's ex- that's extremely high. So now so the bio, mean, like the bio, well, I mean, what it means for the other variants, it's about ninety eight percent. So really, the variants, the variants don't make that much difference yet. Now, so, if so the, but, well, does that mean then that you have a twelve percent chance of getting it then? Getting it, but not getting real sick. Right, you have a hundred percent chance of not getting sick, real right. sick. Right, and that and that's all that. That's the biggest thing that right. really comes down to it, it really seems like now in retrospect, you know, when you look at everything that's going on. But, you know, at, at the same time, the AstraZeneca vaccine doesn't do as well as the Pfizer one does. Uh, I think I read the AstraZeneca vaccine is only about 54% effective against the Delta, vir- the Delta variant. So that might be why, too, even for the people in Europe, that if they got that vaccine, which it's more available there in Europe, um, that that might be why they're getting it. But then at the same time, they're not getting, you know, to that point where they're overloading the hospitals. So, yeah, you know, that's great. In other places where they're not vaccinated enough, you're still hearing those reports of overrun hospitals, people getting sick. And that's really unfortunate. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, things get better worldwide. So, you know, things can get back to whatever normal is at that point around the world, not just here in the U.S. Yeah. Where people are driving 80 and 90 miles an hour on the freeway, you know, like looking, giving everyone the finger and. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we learned nothing. Uh, We learned nothing. Back to to normal. LA is back to normal. We we, we didn't get more humane. (laughs) Not not at all. Not at all. I think people have been cooped up, just makes people crazy. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I think we've talked about it before. I mean, everyone has some form of PTS. It seems at this point in time, it would seem logical if you went if you went through this pure definition of what PTSD is, you know, yeah. where where either you lived it or you witnessed a life threatening situation. Well, we all at least witnessed a life threatening situation. I mean, living in a pandemic is a life threatening situation. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see, you know, how everyone is over time, and you know, everything from masking and unmasking and you know, being around other people, handshakes instead of fist bumps. You know, like something as small as handshakes versus fist bumps. Like when you yeah. th- like when you think about it, like how many how many times in the last week have you gave someone a handshake versus a fist bump? Yeah, now that, that that is an interesting way to look at it. Where 
it really is this life-threatening situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people that, that view it seriously in that way, yeah, you're going to have some kind of trauma potentially, right? That's I mean, interesting I think that's, to look at it. Correct. I mean, I think, that's the, I think that's the challenge. I think now when it's less, much less life-threatening, I think the ones that viewed it as much more life-threatening 10 months ago are having a harder time with the rollout of getting back to normal. Yeah. You know, that makes sense. but everyone's on their own timeline, like in anything in healthcare, everyone's in their own timeline. You know, yeah. as we talk about mental health, physical health, there's no different timeline is, you know, timelines vary from person to person. And so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but it's encouraging to see and feel, you know, like things are getting back to somewhat of a normal. I would like I would like school for my son to be as normal as possible, you know, come September. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm sure it will be. Yep. Well, you know, Royce, we, we were having this conversation, you know, before we went on the air and talked about something that you brought up that you learned about yourself that's something new about yourself that you're really proud of. Uh, but it's not just something you're proud of. Like, I think we need to start a new segment called The Talented Mr. Roycey. Because you were telling me about this new superpower that you uh, acquired in, I would say, in the last the last few weeks. I don't know if it's a superpower I've acquired or whether mm. it's one that I've always had. <laughs> but <laughs> but it's, I've, I've found a way to quantify it. <laughs> Do share. Do share. <laughs> so I, I've been wearing this whoop band. I don't know if you, you've heard too much about this whoop band, but it's basically like one of those like Fitbit kind of things, Apple Watch kind of things where it you know, keeps track of your, your heart rate, your heart rate variability, like just basically your activity and your rest and like how well, like how well you're uh, you know, stressing your body and how well you're recovering and all those kinds of things. And in it, you can join different groups. And so I, I joined this group for all of Los Angeles and I found out what my superpower is today. Oh yeah. And that is? <laughs> is sleeping. <laughs> I'm the number five sleeper, actually recoverer in LA as of today. Well, for today, at least. So you're, you were top five today in all of Los five. Angeles. I was number five in all of Los Angeles. In recovery. In recovery. So that's like sitting around, being zen, sleeping, taking a nap, all that kind of stuff, where your heart rate doesn't get above a certain level? Uh, yes, but it's it's actually based on the amount of rest that your body got mm-hmm. and based on the... Um, your heart rate variability, right? Like how well mm-hmm. you are ready to take on strain. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how you get that. You get that rating. So what you're saying it's is, what your superpowers is like a, a, a ability to for stress management too. I was super recovered today. I was ready to like yeah. run a marathon. Oh. And then maybe. you were. I think you were saying you were Not somewhere. Really. You had a high rating in sleeping. Oh yeah, I had a hundred percent of my sleep requirements. I slept for eight hours. I don't usually, I don't hardly ever sleep for eight hours and I slept for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Like I never sleep for eight hours. Like when I, typically I would usually sleep for six hours or less, mm-hmm. but I've been really trying to focus on, you know, 
harnessing my superpower. <laughs> I mean, getting, getting better at it. I mean, top five is <laughs> top five. I've I think, been doing good. Yeah, top five is top five. When were you yep. ever top five in something where there was when when there was a, a group that you were in that had five people in it, at least? Oh, now you now you just stumped me. Yeah, I did. Why you got to do that? I did. <laughs> My bad. He should have said at least. <laughs> I don't know. A hundred. <laughs> at least. <laughs> at least three. <laughs> Two. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was when you were in karate, and you you told me once that you were top forty in karate, and I told you weren't there only twenty people in your class? So you know, I mean, stuff like that. First of all, it was a tournament, and there were probably like ten. <laughs> but. <laughs> Out of ten people, about that. Dude, I was like Ralph Macchio, man. I was like the Karate Kid, dude. Except I didn't win, <laughs> or, or, or place third or second. But but someone did sweep your leg. Absolutely. Someone, actually, actually, I did get Roundhouse kicked right in the gut one time, and I got the wind knocked out of me. I didn't even see it coming. I did not see that kick coming. <laughs> Were, were you in one of those dojos where what they they pretty much gave you a black belt just by if you paid your dues consistently for a, for a span of like twelve months? No, no. Back then there were like two. I mean, I I, I thought that there were like two main uh, karate groups, like the one that I was in, and there was another one uh, that's JIK. actually still, huh? Don't say JIK. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what JIK is. Good. <laughs> that's a it good was a. I think they were IKF or something, or mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's run by um he the the guy's still doing it. one of the guys I used to be in my division. He's still he's still a sensei. He's still teaching karate. Uh, what was his name? I forget his name now. Uh, but he I saw some article about him. I think in like one of the papers in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was Kotaka. George Kotaka? So, I don't so, know. So, so here's a question since you brought up Daniel LaRusso and the Karate Kid. Um, so you know when they did a reboot of the Karate Kid, were you offended at all that um, they were filming in China instead of Japan and were essentially doing you know, Chinese martial arts instead of Japanese martial arts since the movie was called The Karate Kid? Oh, dude, I have no idea, man. But man, dude, Did you dude, don't I watch guess... that one? Which one? With Jackie Chan and Jaden Smith. Oh no, I didn't watch that one, dude. Mm, yeah. The reboot yeah. of the Karate Kid was in China. I saw that. Well, I I, I mean I saw the commercials for it, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. I'm not Be a big thankful fan of... you did it. I'm not Be a real big fan of reboots, it. I think. Yeah. Although, although, when Top Gun comes up. That will be my return to the movie theater. No, oh, I'll be first in line. Yep, when Top Gun is out there, <laughs> I'll be going. first in line. <laughs> it's like uh, when Fast and Furious 9 is out, dude, I'll be first in line. <laughs> <laughs> These movies are right up my alley. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think we're going to be the only one, right, for those things. Yeah, definitely not. I can't, I can't wait. I actually saw a movie... Uh, in a theater, um, but so, so the interesting thing now is that I don't know if you've been like been following like AMC. Yes, but uh, they they allow you to rent out the entire theater now for like twenty people. 
And so I, mean, uh, my, I like that my, business model. Yeah, one of my friends who runs um, a veterinary up here, uh, they rented it out for the organization. And so I went and uh, I saw this movie called Mr. Nobody, I think, uh-huh. or something. It was a, it was kind of a action movie. It was, but it, it was interesting to be in the theater again. Was that is that another Jason Statham movie or something like that? It, it's it, it's kind of, it feels like it was made for him, but it's starring some other some other guy. Hmm. Like I don't I don't remember who it was. It's not another it's not another like Liam Neeson movie where he loses another kid or something, right? Like the dude's like the worst parent in the world. Like he always loses his kid. Yeah, and then and then he. <laughs> And then he's always in danger from his like former job where he was some operative yeah. where he knows how to kill people. Like, yeah. I don't know. You think that they would, they would take his kid away at some point, but I guess she's like, older now, right? Like, yeah, I guess. But it's amazing how you can recycle that storyline over and over again. <laughs> it's just like Hangover. Yeah, but that's more funny. Like Mr. Chow, that's why you know. Come on now, Mr. Chow sales. Come uh, apparently, on. yeah. I did not like that. <laughs> portrayal. Uh, you're talking about the hangover? Yeah. In, like that character in general? It was, it, was, it was bad for Asians going to Vegas at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, are you talking about when he jumped out of the trunk butt naked? Are you talking about that part? <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about all <laughs> I mean, the, the, the accent and all that stuff, yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not I mean, good. looking back at it now, right? It's not good. <laughs> But you know, it par for the course for Hollywood, right? I mean, yeah. You know, at the same time, you know, I'm looking at, you know, I'm going to watch a movie tonight with my wife. You know, we're going to watch in the in the Heights, and it's interesting, right? Because you you look at the cast and you look at the the people behind the movie. You know, it's, it's predominantly all minorities. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Things things are changing. Things are definitely changing. I mean, it's it's changing with purpose, right? So, of course, what you want to see is over time that this just becomes part of the norm, that this is just some little blip on the radar, you know, kind of like a, a run of Bitcoin from 60,000 to 30,000, you know, boop, boop, comes right up, goes up, right, and it comes right down. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it is. I mean, it's def- things are definitely changing. Seems to be changing for the better, at least in, in Hollywood. And uh, there's definitely a lot more shows now with a lot of different people, although I don't really watch television that much anyway. Mm-hmm. Other than sports, so yeah, I'm, I'm the wrong person to to talk about that. Well, I mean, speaking about sports, I mean, we just finished watching Game Two between the Jazz and the Clippers. What were your thoughts about that? You know, it was a good game. Um, still, like, I mean, I'm a Clipper fan, but I know that being a Clipper fan means at some point you're going to get let 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 down. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was they fought. It just seems like Utah it has a lot more like firepower, I guess. A lot more of the better the pieces, and they fit together better. They fit better. I don't think we can say they yeah. have more firepower. I think they they just fit yeah. better. Um, I mean, I think at time, the, Cl- the Clippers just look the Clippers just look disjointed at times. You know, they they, they just re- they'll just rely on Kawhi and Paul George to kind of do their thing and yeah. you know especially Kawhi, because you because you saw Kawhi did you you saw it, it looked like it in that game seven like he just took over yeah like that that was 
That was Kawhi in Toronto that we saw in Game 7 against the Mavericks. Just took the yeah. game over. Yeah. But he, he's not as – like, he, he – like – he can create shots for others too. Like so he can score obviously he can score. You know, he can rebound, he can play defense. He can create for others, but it's I don't think it's as easy for for him as you know, for other superstars. Um and he doesn't average that many assists during the regular season anyway either. Well, he doesn't play in the regular season. He plays only half the regular season. Yeah, but still he gets whatever game he's playing, he's playing a decent amount of minutes. But Paul George is not the kind of guy that uh, I think really fits well on that team. Like he's a good defensive player by himself. You know he can score. Obviously, I mean he almost led the league in scoring one year. I think right. Yeah, but, but he's he needs the ball. Paul George is he, a guy that needs the ball, ball quite a lot. He's ball dominant. Yeah, and he's not a consistent scorer. No, and I think and- that's. That's a problem because, you know, he he's supposed to be the second, you know, leading scorer on that team, but he's kind of inconsistent in that, I think. Well, I mean, it's interesting because you can tell that the demons of some of the playoff pass really do bother him because A, keeps talking about it. Uh, but, but the criticism is real. You know, at one point in time tonight, I think he was 6 for 16 – and I think he had like 21 points. And, you know, and they were talking about uh, on the on the telecast about how he was having an off night. I mean, you know, 6 for 16. He makes the next shot to layup, 7 for 17. And he has 20-something points because he was 8 for 8 for a free throw line. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty effective scoring. But because yeah. of just the – because of the reputation now or just the the popular narrative about him, it was a terrible night. I'm like, I'm not so sure about that. No, it wasn't. A, it wasn't a terrible night. In fact, the time that we were even joking about him, like he still had a decent game. He did at that point. He had 23 points. Yeah, you know, and I was like, yeah, he does. They don't look like they sync together very well. Those two. Um, yeah, it just feels like, hey, let's put two stars in a room and let's go figure it out. Uh. But you know they have guys that can play. Like you know when when Reggie Jackson and Marcus Morris hit those back to back threes in that game seven against Dallas. That's what that actually was sealed the game as Dallas was trying to come back. When Dallas got the deficit down to seven, and all of yeah. a sudden back to back threes, boom, they're up thirteen, and that was it. That ended the game. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I, I, it, it's hard not to uh, disagree with. You. It's hard to disagree with you on that. There's probably a disappointment coming soon. <laughs> but I mean, again, Utah had the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not really that much of an upset if the Clippers do lose. You know, it'll just Utah be per- just- it just perceived that way because of Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, but I mean, Utah looks like at least so far they look like the better team. Well, you know, Rudy Gobert, I mean, you talk about a guy that makes a heck of a difference. Yeah. On that, on, in, during a time where defense isn't like the highest priority, this guy does his thing on defense and it affects the game in, yeah. in such a positive way for the Jazz. You know, that, oh, that, inter, 
when he picked that pass off late in the game on that lob. Yeah. Like, you could really just feel at that point in time the momentum. That, and this is the great part of having fans back in the building again, right? You could just feel the emotion of that time where the fans just kind of got really got behind him, and that was the charge, you know, for the Jazz to kind of just separate themselves from the Clippers tonight. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's great to play with a guy like that that's going to get your back, you know, like on the yeah. last line of defense. Right. What Andre Drummond couldn't do for the Lakers. <laughs> Yeah, Andre Drummond. Like, I think Andre Drummond, as good as he is rebounding and as big of a beast as he is in the middle, like he is less of a fit than Dwight Howard was last year. Like, Dwight Howard is more active. He can block shots. Yeah, you know, he's more athletic. Yeah, and I think that I think that really that's one of the things that's hurting. Like, that hurt the Lakers this year. Yeah, and I, and I really believe the thing with the Lakers in the end was, uh, well, we we probably talked about this at the end of the the title run last year, is that the short turnaround that wasn't going to work out well for the Lakers. It just wasn't. No. Uh, you know, AD came out of that series not healthy, and yep. no, and no surprise to me, he was hurt all year. I mean, yeah, there's there shouldn't be any surprise about what happened with AD this year, and even LeBron. You know, he LeBron's a lot older. The mileage is there, and then AD got hurt during the playoffs last year. No kidding, it's going to be a problem again this year when, when you just turn the season around in a couple months. Yeah, yeah, it's too bad. You you kind of want to defend your title with, you know, your team at full capacity, and they weren't obviously. But right, right, you know that kind of stuff happens. I mean, it happened to the Cavaliers when they played in the finals against Golden State, right. and Kyrie and Kevin Love were out. Yep. It just happens, and you know, in the end, to me, it's you know, you know, I'm a Laker fan. It's just weird being a Laker fan nowadays. Wait, what? You're a Laker fan? Well, I'm from the '80s, man. Showtime. How did I not know that? Showtime. Why do you think? Okay, here. This is how you should have known that. The last game, the last NBA game you and I went to together. Do you remember? I do not. <laughs> Driving up to Key Arena. Was it Lakers? Lakers, Sonics. Really? Yep. Yep. And somebody was singing the Backstreet Boys in my car. That must have uh, been you. All the way up. But it wasn't me. I, I don't even know. Somebody who, was somebody was somebody was dancing and singing in my car. Another episode of the talented Mr. Royce. Not only does he sleep like an all-star, dude sings and dances like an all-star. That is true. Most people don't know that I was the sixth Backstreet Boy. <laughs> but <laughs> then they decided they didn't want Asians on the as usual. Group. As usual, I got cut. <laughs> but you're always band. waiting in the wings, did, just did in not case. Did not make just the band. in case. <laughs> this guy can't sing and he can't dance <laughs> I don't know but he dances really well in a Dodge Neon <laughs> I can't believe I used to drive a Dodge Neon oh man Real, who was who was playing for the Lakers back then Shaq Shaq was on the team Shaq, Shaq, Eddie Jones Nick Van Exel Nick Van Exel Right before, right before they broke up the band for Kobe. Wow. 
Yeah, I miss Kiarina. Well, you know, you hear the rumors. The Timberwolves might be the team that ends up there. There's so many rumors going around. I mean, there's rumors about Major League Baseball going to Vegas, um, NBA going to Vegas. Well, I, I definitely think the A's are going to end up in Vegas. I think the A's are going to do what the Raiders did. They're going to go to Vegas. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. They're, they're, uh, their farm team is there. The AAA team is there. Yep, the Las Vegas Stars. Remember no, back no, in the, P- the PCL the days? It's the aviators, the aviators now. now? Man. They used to be the 51s, right? 51, the Stars. Was the Stars during our time when the Hawaii Islanders were still in existence? The Las Vegas oh, Stars. Man, Hawaii, oh, Hawaii Islanders. Where's your man. hat? That's my fantasy team, man. Gotta bring the hat. You know, I, I was I was looking on uh, these sites where they have, um, you know, all these like old jerseys and hats and jackets and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I found this site that has some of the old like uniforms and hats for the Islanders, but the hat is like three hundred dollars. No, thank you. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Two hundred dollars for a wool hat from the eighties. I think the wasn't the last season they played like maybe like an eighty seven or eighty five or something. Yeah, and at that time they were the affiliate of the Chicago White Sox. At White that Sox, point, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so here's a trivia question for you: Three all timers that were a part of the Hawaii Islanders. Three absolute all timers, like undoubtedly all time greats. Tony Gwynn. Barry Bonds, um, I don't know. An, an absolute all timer. This is the hard. The, this is probably the hardest one. The great Al Michaels was the play-by-play guy for oh, the player. I thought you were talking about a player, dude. He's an all timer. It doesn't matter. I didn't say player. I said all timer. Al Michaels. <laughs> Man, but yeah, Triple A. When back when they used to play at Aloha Stadium, back in a horrible, horribly hot. I remember watching a few Islanders games there. Hot, <laughs> just <laughs> hot. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's good to see sports back, stadiums back. You know, this sometime this fall, you and I will be going either to a game in Vegas, or we'll just watch it in the sports book in Vegas. Yeah, man. When, the, uh, when is that happening? So I just got booked for a wedding that I got to cater for in on September 18th. So I got to just plan around that. Nice, dude. Wow, so I'm ready. We'll plan around that. We'll go sometime during football season. I might time it during a time I do a football trip, perhaps, where I go watch a college game, a pro game, and end up in Vegas or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how the fall is like. We'll see what routines are like at that time with, you know, taking the kids to school and all that stuff, all this normal stuff. Yeah. You know, but other than that, I'm excited because it would be, be pretty great. A really not so great transition and, and, and segue into what's not so exciting anymore right now is what's going on in cryptocurrency and the crypto market. What, what's, kind of, what's kind of your opinion about everything we've seen happen in the last, basically last month since we've been... Uh, since we did a recording, dude, it's uh, it's always exciting. So, like, actually, why don't we recap what's happened since then, right? So, back in the middle of May, I think when it was right around the time that we did our last 
podcast with the <laughs> Max Hedrum sound effects. Uh, Bitcoin and well, the entire market basically hit hit an all time high. Right, Bitcoin was at sixty something k. Ethereum was at four k. And since <laughs> since the the Elon tweet and the dog coins died, the crypto market has just been taking a dump. And it's gone from there down to Bitcoin right now is thirty seven k. Ethereum is at twenty four hundred. Yep. Uh, at at this the, moment, twenty four forty seven thirty seven. And then the entire market's you know tanked like about a 30, 40% correction across the board. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been pretty crazy. But the thing is, even in that week before it hit the all-time high, like it went up like 30%, 40% in that week. Correct. So, you know, to me, it was kind of one of those things where it was bound to have some kind of a correction. I think now, though, the question is, where does it go from here? Does it continue going up? You know, does it continue going uh, – you know, more down, you know, I don't know, but you know, my concerns like we we're talking about earlier is more around just the general economic environment right now. And, you know, there's a lot of concerns about inflation. And so, you know, what does that mean for the market and, and everything else? So, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I think what, what's been interesting about what's happened is last month. There, I mean, there've been so many events around where we use Bitcoin as an example. Like the colonial pipeline shutdown and and the the ransomware attack that surrounded that, I, I think what was fascinating in the last few days is to find out that the U.S. government was able to like seize the Bitcoin that was paid out for the ransom. Like, how is that even possible? Well, in this, in this market, it's supposed to be anonymous. So, I mean, that's kind of a misunderstanding of. Well, I guess when people say that, you know, Bitcoin or crypto is supposed to be untraceable, it's not right. really true, right? Because right. if you know the blockchain, you know that every single transaction traceable. is tra- is viewable. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, right. It's on a ledger that everyone can see. Right. Uh, the only thing that people can't do is really associate an address with an individual person. But there are ways that you can kind of get an idea potentially of who that person is, especially when you go through off ramps uh, from crypto into fiat, you know, like guys like Coinbase and Kraken, they're going to have to have, you know, know your customer types of initiatives there. And if you try to move your crypto off using one of those off ramps, then they're going to know who you are and they can associate you with your addresses. addresses. Um, But I think in this case, uh, and I'm not a hundred percent clear what happened? I think they may have moved it to an exchange mm-hmm. or some type of uh, you know custodial uh, service where uh, they don't have their private key. And so, like, there's a saying basically that if it's you don't if it's not your key, it's not your funds. Like, if you don't have control of your wallet. It's not really your funds. And in this case, you know, these uh, hackers move their funds to a uh, server or service that 
you know, controlled the wallet keys for them. Uh, well, and that's how they that's how they were able to recover it. But um, you know, either they didn't care about it, or they wanted it to be found, or they were, you know, not competent in handling that. Uh, or, and or that's maybe the part to believe, right? That's the, yeah, that's, that's the part that's hard to believe, right? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, you know, I was listening today to an interview. Uh, I, think that, I think that journalist's name was Michael Schwartz for the New York Times. He was talking about his investigative reporting into Darkseid, uh, you know, the, the group that's been, the, you know, the group where supposedly the hack and all that kind of stuff was traced. Yeah. To. And, and the federal government has been, the federal government has been investigating Darkseid forever. So mm-hmm. it, it almost seems like when something happened, you know, the federal government, it's not like they were completely in the dark, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, and how to get after them and find things right. uh, and, and figure out what, what happened. I mean, it was an interesting interview and, and all the things that he, he talked about in, in hacker world and sometimes what the motive is for hackers that is not always, many times it's not even about the money. But it's just the money. The money is what gets people to move and gets them to do things, or or gets publicity. But it, it, what you were just saying, I mean, to me, I, I was like, dude, that kind of makes sense. Where I don't think these people are stupid. I, I think they didn't really care about the money. They just, you know, they're they're hackers and they want to show, you know, what you tell me. I mean, you're way more the IT savvy guy and, and all this other stuff. What is the the motives behind what are the motives behind like hackers and why do they do what they do? I mean, sometimes it's for clout. Sometimes it's just to prove your skill, right? Like it's just like anything else, you know, they do it for the challenge or right. You know, whatnot. But uh, yeah, who, who, who's to say, like, I don't know. I don't know what these guys intentions were, but it's crazy, right? Like it's crazy to think that you're going to do this, and you're gonna ask for this crap ton of money, and then essentially well, let it be caught. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well, sometimes the the easiest way to hack into things is to hack in through social engineering, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how like the, like a lot of the stuff that uh, I don't know if you never even heard, heard of Kevin Mitnick. No, like he's like. Uh, one of the most famous hackers, uh, he actually was in, I think he was in jail for a while. Um, but now he's like a, um, a cybersecurity guy. But, uh, you know, some of the, some of the ways that he used to get access to, you know, different systems was on social engineering. Uh, and like the easiest path is through your weakest link and people are generally your weakest link in, in security. Sure. So, like, you know, you, you could call up. Uh, I think that's what happened to Twitter, too, when they had a bunch of celebrity accounts that got taken over. Right. Um, because you could just call in and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, like, if you're demanding or, like, they they ask you your challenge questions and it's like, hey, what's the name of your dog? For a lot of times, these, right. like, for a lot of times when these people are famous. The information is online. Yeah, all it takes is a Google search. Yeah. I mean, so, I think, I think that, I mean, that's the part. Sorry to, to kind of jump in here, but I always find that this is the funniest thing that your security question is like the thing that gets in the way of other people getting to your account. I'm like, you know, if they do a little research on you, 
if you really wanted to take something, you could figure it, it out. Is, it would seem like that's something you could figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not always like how it's portrayed in the movies or in, you know, television where some guys just like pounding away the keyboard and boom, right. you're in. Like, that's not really how it works. Yeah. It's not that glamorous, but you know, there are, you know, really smart people out there that can take advantage of or, or discover and take advantage of uh, vulnerabilities mm-hmm. uh, in, in software that's out there. And, you know, that's, I mean, you're talking about people that have a high level of sophistication, though. So it's not like going to, ha- it's not like you're 90% of the people that are out there. No, oh God, no. They're going to do that, yeah. I mean, they shut down an oil pipeline. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, well, we, I don't know how, I haven't, I mean, I haven't looked at closely at that either, but I don't know how they got in or, or what, right. like whether, you know, sometimes it happens where, they send you like a email that looks, it's like a phishing email or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they log in with their credentials to a site that looks similar to the site that they're supposed to get in. And based on yep. those credentials, they're able to get in, right? Like right. Who, know, who knows? Like they're going to have to do an investigation and, and figure out how it happened, but uh, it could be something fairly, fairly simple. And, and to bring this conversation back to cryptos, I mean, you talk about the misconception of people thinking everything's so anonymous. I, I, I've i talked to guys that think if they just put all their money in crypto, they can avoid taxes the rest of their lives. No, no. I'm like, I don't no, think that's not. where it's going. It's actually almost the opposite because you see where the market's going, where, you know, there's all this talk about taxing, you know, finding ways to tax and track crypto transactions and all these other things on the blockchain for IRS purposes. And I think that's a good thing for the market, you know, but, but I think some of the selling we've seen is some of these guys that thought that this cloak of invisibility that really doesn't exist. I wonder about that. um, Because if you don't exchange it for fiat, you can't kind of be uh, out there. What? No, if you, you don't exchange it for fiat, if you don't take an off ramp, yeah. like, like like that law in El Salvador when El Salvador made it legal tender, I believe there's a caveat in that law that says if you don't make it fiat, if you don't put it into a currency, yeah, like you don't pay taxes on it. Yeah, actually, I don't. I think in that, I think in the El Salvador thing, I don't think you can pay taxes at all. Cause it's just a currency, but uh, yeah, I mean, basically that's, that's going to be your challenge is that like, if you want to convert it into fiat and use it somewhere, like, especially in society today, you'll get tracked that typically, yeah, that's where you're going to run into problems. Right. If you're trying like, to hide, if you're trying to yeah, hide. If you're, yeah. If you're trying to hide, like you'd have to do it like in an uh, off the books kind of way. Right. Right. Somehow. So I don't know. Yeah. I feel like there's there's a lot there's a lot of things at play with what happened in the market. But what's interesting is how the market. Like we, we look at Ethereum because we talk about that so much. I mean, it's in a really tight range of twenty four hundred and some change to about twenty eight. Right now, it's at near the bottom of its trading range for the last month. And you wonder: is this base building? Is this wood chopping for a move up, or is this kind of, you know, or is this <clears throat> kind of? 
someone's your, your last chance to get out before the bottom really falls out. The time to buy. <laughs> I mean, I've heard I've heard a lot of that. Is that now that seemingly weak hands are out of the market, this is where you buy in. Kind of like meme stocks. Like if you if you sat and you you looked at AMC at nine. Like for me, when I look at AMC, the uh, the the theater company, and when it was at ten dollars, you know, my, my friend and I talked about it. I said, well, I look at where AMC was pre-pandemic and about fifteen dollars, fifteen sixteen dollars a share. I mean, I could see it going to fifteen sixteen dollars. Anything above that, I can't get involved. You know, and, oh, and then. And it went up to seventy two, <laughs> and today, but at the same time, because it's a meme stock, it's down to forty three or forty two today in a span of two days. So I mean, it's almost—it's funny. Like meme stocks are trading like cryptocurrency. In a way, yeah, yeah. they are. The bottom just falls despite these huge rise and falls. It's um, I think it's a new. Uh, concept of like social investing, right? Social trading, social trading. Social trading. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say investing. Yeah, that's not investing. Where you know people decide that they're going to pump up a stock or a crypto, and they go and do that. I mean, this is exactly what was happening in the crypto with crypto. Market. Yeah, in the last run as well in 2017, where you had these Telegram groups where people would say like, "Hey, we're going to buy this coin," and they pump right. it up and then they, you know, then they sell and pocket the money. Um, and it's happening to a similar extent this time as well, except it's all out in the open in like Twitter and Reddit right. and the dog coins. I mean, look at yeah. the dog coins. The dog coins was all social, you yep. know, like it. That, and you know, if you made money, good for you, man. Like we're we're, we're not we're not like no we're not judging at all. We're just no, observing. Is 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 fascinating? Like, man, you make your money. More power to you, man. Yeah, no, I, I, do, I do think that this is a way that at least some winners temporarily will be picked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're able to to get in there early, you know, like you, you're going to have a winner on your hands. You're going to make money. Right. And, and it, you decide what your off ramp is. Yeah. You know, you decide when you want to get out. Yeah. You know, like even if I bought AMC at $9 because I was looking at it at 9 I would have sold at 16 and never got back in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, and it happens, you know, it happens on a, on a different scale too with these larger investment companies, right? Where, yep. you know, I remember there was one day where, you know, semantic stock cratered like 30% because one of the big investment firms sold out, sold out their position. Yep. yep. You know, like, so it happens. It's it just that this time is different. It's with retail investors as opposed to institutions. And, and that, that that and we've talked about this before. This is why what I find kind of sickening about that financial world, right? These guys point fingers at oh retail investors doing this and that. The institutions are not necessarily not doing the same thing. They're yeah. doing the yeah. same thing. Yeah. So whatever, dude. <laughs> they have a lot more. They have a lot more gunpowder, though. <laughs> they do. So, yep. They, they, there's a lot more powder there. Um, but yeah, well, I, I think you and I are in the same boat with, with Ethereum, and you know, I'm still holding Ethereum and Compound. Uh, my Compound, I think I'm going to do what what's called loss harvesting, 
I'm going to do that pretty soon where I'm just going to sell it and buy it right back. Um, that way I can get the tax benefits of the loss. Since we don't have yeah. any wash sale laws, I'll get the tax benefit yeah, yeah. You know, of the title loss and just buy it right back. Yeah, and, that, that, you know, that's actually a good point with crypto, though, is that because there aren't regulations like that, like there are for equities, right? you can do that. You and, can do that. For the people, yeah, for the people in the audience that don't understand, and again, this is not a show giving you financial advice. We're just talking about what we do. And if we're wrong in our in our concept of what's going on, we're going to suffer from it. Don't you know, this is not us telling you should do what we're doing. Uh, but in stocks, there's this thing called wash sales, where if you take a loss on a stock, you can't buy it back for 30 days. So you can you if you do buy it back before 30 days, you can't utilize the loss in your as a deduction in your tax return. So but what's what's interesting about the crypto world. For now, and I think this is going to change by next year, because uh, the Federal Reserve, uh, the Department of Treasury, I should say, is talking about this so much. Um, with crypto, there is no thirty days. So if you're down on a crypto, let's say you're down two thousand dollars on a crypto, sell it, take that two thousand dollar loss, and then buy it right back, and you can use that two thousand dollar loss to offset gains you made before if you were trading aggressively in the run up. So, you know, not the market looks mildly stable for now. I'll probably just harvest those losses and offset some of the gains we had from the year from this amazing run. Like it's it's been amazing, yeah. and in perspective, right? From November till now, Ethereum was four fifty, and now it's twenty four hundred astounding <laughs> like, no, it's, it's, yeah, still, it's, it's, it's still like out of this world it's been it's crazy dude i i'm i still it's hard to believe where things were last year like this time year ago. yeah it's a year last ago. year this time exactly yeah i want to say ethereum was 200 dollars last year this time probably yeah somewhere around there i'm sure what is it uh june so like Back last year in March, like right when the pandemic started, it dipped under a hundred. Yep, <laughs> that's long. crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. And uh, I remember, I remember buying some back then too. Yep. But who who knew, man? I mean, it was a crazy time. And you know what? I I just got to point out this one thing, uh, and without getting into too much details, but. I, you know, we, we've alluded to this before on this show that you've been a longtime holder of cryptocurrency and this and that and this and that. But I got to say, I'm impressed. I'm impressed with your discipline that you you took some off the table. Oh, I was about to say, I was like, discipline? Do you know who you're you talking actually, about? You, you, actually, <laughs> you absolutely showed a lot of discipline. I, and, I and, and, in this last run-up, you showed a lot of discipline and you, you didn't do... You didn't, you know, a lot of people at the top, at the top of markets, a lot of people hold on and then they just, and they just hold and they hold on to the bitter end. Yeah. Well, you you have the discipline to take them out. Part of that is learning lessons from previous battles and writing things all the way down. But no, like talking to you, talking to Ken, like it really helps, you know, balance me out, I think. Like I'm, um, you know, I have, I have a tendency to take risks. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> but and, and, uh, 
as we've yeah. witnessed many times over the years. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You got- yes, you do. It's good. It's way good to talk with way you. more than I do. It's good. It's good to talk with you. It's good to talk with Ken. You know, it's good to talk things out, perspectives yes. and, and all that. So, yes. different opinions. Right. Uh, but yeah, you know, I'm yeah, I'm a yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a risk taker. There's no, look, no way around it. If you're not a risk taker, and I and I am too, but if you're not a risk taker, like you do. You know, you limit your upside just in anything you do, even if we're not talking about finance. You know, if you're a risk taker in things in life, things that don't involve money, you know, I I think that's a there's a part that's a very healthy way to live. You know, be if you live in if you live life just fearing everything and fearing the unknown, you never really get to tap into kind of a something you could do that you never thought you could ever do. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's like right now, you know, I talked about we opened the show. We talked about the students that uh, just sat for their exams. You know, now that, you know, with one of them, you know, we're going to go into a process now where I'm going to help them start their business and just nice. walk them through, walk them through the process, walk them through getting a federal tax ID number, walk them through registering their names with the with the, you know, the state entities we need to do that with. And it's, it's so, for me, that, you know, that part, that part is the part where I, I that's where I get a lot out of what I do, because I get a lot of gratification by being able to pass that information and experience along to other people. But yeah, if I never I, took those risks in the past, I wouldn't be able to pass along that knowledge and information. Yeah, no, that's, you know, that's, that's exciting, man. That's exciting. Yeah, it's fun as hell. Dude, I don't know like... what they're going to do with it, but, you know, it's, you give them a platform they have no idea how to get to. And then let's yeah. see when they get there, let's see what they do with it. Yeah. You know what, man? It's like, it's like going on an adventure. It is. You know, it really it's is. It's not my business, but it's going to be fun to watch them try to grow their business and, 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 and be an entrepreneur and see the challenges, but also see the rewards. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. But uh, dude, I, I definitely want to hear about your uh, your remodeling uh, your remodeling <laughs> business, man. Because <laughs> I've seen pictures of that stuff, dude, and it looks really good, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. It, it, so, I mean, long story short, one of the, as my wife would say, one of the many things I do uh, when people ask my wife, like, what is what is what does Steve do for a living? There's no one answer. Um, yeah, there is. He makes money. Yeah, <laughs> he makes yeah, money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, it's more than that, but you know. But it, I, it, so, one of the things I started doing in the last few years is uh, doing renovations with my father-in-law of all people. Yeah, uh, built, and we we've been buying we've been buying houses, and really thoughtfully fixing them up and either renting them or, or turning around and selling them. And so we just finished a project that uh, took us about five and a half, six months to finish. And it was really gratifying because, you know, we, we, I had a lot of space to work with for a kitchen. I could make it the way I, with my background in food industry and stuff, it, would be, it was really great to be able to really experiment with the kitchen and have a good time with that. Um, 
and renovations are getting better every time we do one. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's on the market now. It's uh, it's all over. It's all to every website, and it's on Zillow. It's been getting great response on Zillow. You know, yeah, we've been yeah. I think at this point in time, we have over almost like seventh, almost over six thousand views on it with with over two hundred saves. You know, in, in not not a long period of time, and and when we had an open house, the response was was amazing. So, uh, it's fun, man. Like seriously, it's fun. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. It's, it's in Kamuki, right? It's in Kamuki. Uh, yeah. You know, it, for those that aren't familiar with Hawaii, it's a, it's a little bit down the street from where Diamond Head is, um, and, and it's a good location. And so it, it's been fun. It's been fun to speculate in that market a little bit. In Hawaii, we get a little bit of a cushion when you speculate in that market because, especially on this island on Oahu, it's not like we're growing new land. Like land's yeah. a finite. Land's a finite resource here on Oahu, especially in the "quote unquote" town area, uh, in the more metropolitan area. There, there is no new land. You're you're just buying existing land and and doing you know doing things to to either again make a place for rental. But either way, it's a it's a great it's a great long term investment. I think it, it, the history has shown even if you buy high, if you can hang in the market long enough, it comes back. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's 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 not a lot of space, but uh, you know, I, I was actually surprised when I was out there uh, how much Eva has grown, again mm-hmm. developed uh, since I've been there. But uh, dude, so like you, you like design like all yeah. the upgrades and stuff, and like you just have a contractor go out and and build it. Yeah, so especially this one. If you don't mind, I, felt, mate. I, I, yeah, I like to joke. So I like to joke around. Uh, uh, so, first of all, when I tell people I do this to my father-in-law, people are just like, "What? What are you talking about? Like, how are you guys still speaking to each other? Like, it would seem like pretty perilous, like territory to be like doing projects <laughs> with your father-in-law." Uh, you know, I'm very grateful for the fact that he and I have this this great relationship. Where I mean, we survive road trips together. Where it's just he and I on the road for for 10 days sometimes going watching football games together visiting friends friends you know that are currently working in football that he's to coach with uh and these type of things and it so you know long story short I'm very fortunate it's, it's a great relationship um so he allows me to kind of run with design uh he allows me to kind of uh, play with the design of every of the whole house. Um, I like to refer to my father-in-law sometimes as a blunt instrument. There's not much refinement sometimes to what he does. He's yeah. just about getting something done. So I'm the other side of the equation where I have to help. I have to kind of remind him to press the brakes a little bit. Hey, let's do this. Cause it, it probably looks better if we do it this way. Uh, so we, we got a pretty good thing going as far as our dynamic. Um, it probably scares some people because once in a while we're yelling at each other, you know, that kind of stuff. But we, for us, it comes from a good place. We're all going, we're all going in the same direction. So if yeah. we're, you know, it's kind of the joke of we're not yelling at each other. It's just passion. That's all, you know, just stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, know, but about, you know, what's interesting about that though? Just, just my, just yeah, my, go ahead. Yeah. My two cents there. Like, is that when you play sports, that happens all the time on the all field, day. right? All, all the day. time. 
so many times I've been yelled at or I've yelled at other people or whatever it is, right? But it's a, you're always heading towards like a common common goal, right? And it's never personal. Like you never take it off the field. But the people that haven't played sports or maybe just don't understand that, like it's different, right? And uh, it's, it's, it's really interesting. People don't – people that have – I think people that haven't played in a competitive environment don't understand – how you can yell at someone and not be mad or hold gr- hold hold grudges or you know like especially if you're headed in the same direction. That, I think that's the biggest thing, and you know, yeah. thanks for pointing that out because I, I actually kind of think I've never looked at it that way. That he and I have such a strong background in athletics and competition. Yeah. Um, that I don't think I put it together that that might be where some of the the common bond comes in in how we process our communication with each other and how we work together. Yeah. I actually, I, I think you're absolutely right. If I really stop and think about it right now, which I'm trying to uh, in real time here, you're, you're, you're right because we really are. I mean, we're moving in, we're, the ship's moving in the same direction, and yeah. we, we just trying to get we just trying to get the best result we can, and you know, it, you know, on the same day that we might be getting after each other a little bit. We're having beers later that day, or we're we're in the same car driving to Lowe's at like eight o'clock at night to make a run to get materials. Yeah. Um, so as far as your question about what we do with the projects, I try to do as much of the stuff myself that I can that my time yeah. allows, and everything else, yes, we leave we leave to a contractor uh, to do. But you know, to control profit margin and those kind of things, you, you, whatever you can do yourself, you do. Um, yeah, you know, and like for me, a lot of times I end up doing a lot of landscaping, and for me to do the landscaping, it uh it saves us at least five figures to do it myself. Wow! So you know, it, these are the, these are the areas where you try to find, you know, you try to find your openings where you can make an effect. Sometimes you sometimes making the greatest effect is buying the materials yourself, so you don't get charged a fifty percent a 15% upcharge on everything the contractor buys for you. I mean, a significant amount of money when you got to buy a lot of material. Yeah. Interesting. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We're very fortunate that uh, less than less than a month being uh, on the market, it is in escrow, uh, but we're still showing it. Um, and why not? Let's use it as a, com- let's use it as a commercial, right? It's seven five seven twenty second 22nd Avenue. Take a look. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why not? Exactly. Why not? <laughs> Why not? It's an escrow, but you know, you want to line up. You want to line up and be a secondary offer for us, then have at it, boss. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie; it looked like a really nice place when I was when I saw the uh, the pictures that you posted. Like it looked really yeah. nice, but you know, also I was asking because I always have ulterior motives, and uh, yeah. you know, just in case I need to do some landscaping up here or I need some design <laughs> opinions, I'm gonna oh, fly 100%. you up here. Fly me, fly you 100%. up here. Today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so after this last project, I decided that my my food service business, I decided to advertise through my food service business that yeah, I'm open to doing uh, consulting on kitchen design for your house. Yeah, uh, and I think within like within five hours, I got a I got a DM asking if they can make an appointment. Um, so it's interesting, and uh, you know, it's just parlaying your experience 
into something into something else yeah you know it's, you're scaffolding your life right one thing after another based on your experiences yeah and that, that's the biggest that's part the too when I, when I when i remodeled my kitchen like i had zero experience and like right. if i had a chance to do it all over again there's definitely things i would do differently fly me up but yeah <laughs> but yeah but i mean this is like six years ago yeah i think you got another 10 years in that kitchen before you want to remodel it again. I'm not remodeling it again, dude. I'll sell my house you, uh, before I remodel anything again. <laughs> it's good enough. Something here. You need to invest something here. Yeah. You, you anyway. make, but uh, you, you want to make your trips home a business expense, you know? Get a property here. You got to quote that's unquote true. visit. Visit even, even if I get like a small, like small place, dude. Doesn't matter. Make, it's your make, investment. Write that off. You're vi- yep. You're visiting your investment. I'll write it off. Yes, sir. Nice tax write off. Yes, sir. Anything helps. Yeah. But that's cool, man. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. It's been busy as heck. And I, I actually think that's been part of the reason why we haven't been recording uh, as consistently because – you know, uh, when I get back from the office for the clinic, you know, I, I'm usually there in the evening or going out and getting materials. And it's just, it, you know, I, I'm used to working long hours, so that that part doesn't like it's not a negative for me, but it does take away from other things. So yeah. we thank you guys as our audience for we we're, we track we track our stats every time we upload a, an episode, and you know, we're so grateful that you guys are willing to subject yourself to us every time we put an episode up, no matter how much time we put in between an episode. <laughs> and all that all that pain. <laughs> Especially that last episode with all that technical difficulties. Like, the Matt Hedgerman t- episode. Yeah, I mean, you, if you need a flashback to the 80s and New Coke, um, we gave it to you. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. When I was looking that up, I didn't realize that uh, there was like, it was a television show too. like TV show. It yeah, grew into a TV show. Yep. yep, I was I was shocked, but uh, I mean, we're we're always glad to be entertainment. If you're sitting on the toilet for an hour and a half or so, just killing time, or you know, driving around, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Yeah. Hey, well, any any way we can entertain you guys, uh, and maybe luckily educate you a little bit, that'd be great. But. Uh, I mean, I don't know about you, Roycey, but I, I've been a little blown away at the response that we get from just seeing how many people listen to our show. Because, I mean, I think we were joking, but not joking when we thought, yeah, maybe three people would listen to our show. That's about it. Oh, I wasn't joking. <laughs> I yeah, was not joking. I, yeah, I mean, I was I, pretty, three, I, three is one too many. <laughs> yeah, we'd be like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, how do we get them to listen to us every time we have an episode? It's crazy. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm I'm still in shock, and also very appreciative. Uh, it's fun for us to do, and fun to hear feedback from you know all of our listeners. And uh, it's just uh, it's just it's just a great thing, you know. Yep. I, I love it. And what's coming soon, Rice? And I didn't even tell you this yet. Is I'm working on our swag. I'm working on our apparel. Wow! I'm, hey, I, I'm you, you gotta give me one though. I'm close. <laughs> I, I'm close to. I'm close to. Uh, I'm. I, I already ordered hats. Hats are coming in. I'm going to get them embroidered soon. Um, oh, and, I, I want uh, a t-shirt. I want a t-shirt, man. Oh, dude, 
I gotta I gotta get your board short size because I'm gonna make I'm gonna make I'm gonna make podcast board shorts. Oh, I definitely need that then. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I off air, I need your waist size. But if you want to share it on air, that's fine too. Like I'm a 32. Okay. I think 32 is good right now. All right. There you go. Okay. And, and for those of you that cannot see, he's flexing in his Ruka shirt right now. We will get your Ruka board short so that you can like you know have that have that on there. Um, yeah, I mean, how cool would that be though, right? Like you walk around with your Voices for Blogging podcast hat and board shorts cruising around come on that'd be awesome man I, I love the icon and shout out thanks to my brother for putting that together shout out to him absolutely uh, yeah. i love it it's so clean <laughs> it's so clean and it represents everything we wanted it to so i mean <laughs> yeah i was gonna say something but i'm not <laughs> no I'm not. don't do it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so you know at some point in time we'll have those things posted on our instagram page and if you want to order a hat or order board shorts or you know or or a dry fit tee you know for workouts like you know hit us up awesome man Dude. yep i'm excited i I'm i am excited. too i'm excited because we're gonna walk around with our logo and i'm gonna like someone's gonna ask me what in the world does that stand for we should put you know we should put it under there what it is yeah well i think so and I, I, I just say it's just cool because it's like this at some point it's like this little secret society, you know, like it's not this this thing that everyone knows like what it is. I'm just gonna be wearing it around. It'll just be this little icon that's on like you know, and because I'm not gonna make the logo real big on a lot of the apparel I'm making. I don't want it to like take over anything. I just want it to be real yeah. subtle. So just we'll us and our listeners. Exactly. Yep. So one day soon, it'll be up on the Instagram page, and we can ship it out to you. And awesome, uh, the, talent, the talented Mr. Royce will even autograph it for you. I will. The bunch of squiggles. The the expert power napper. <laughs> Ex, expert. At least, expert at least in being for, top five at recovery. At least, at least for today. <laughs> Definitely not tomorrow with all this uh, all this drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's also happening while we while we do most of these episodes. By the way, so even more so, we are not giving you investment advice. We are Definitely we are drinking. Not. We are Definitely drinking not. for the majority of all our shows. So, well, Royce, I think with that, I think we should wrap up this episode. Uh, it was great, kind of talking to you again and seeing you. It's great talking to you and seeing you, and uh, we got to. Uh... You gotta come home, man. We gotta do an episode on location here. So I will be actually home uh, at the end of August, beginning of September. Done. There you go. Sweet. That's gonna be great. In person. Great. Do it from the beach or something. Or something, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Or something. You know what? Well. I'm going to charter a boat. Let's just do it on a boat and go fishing at the same time. <laughs> we could definitely do that. You got any oh, one last thing for anyone before we sign off here? One last thing, man. You put me on the spot. As I always do. Yeah, I don't, I don't no, I don't think I do. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> Actually, <clears throat> get some rest. 
get some good sleep. That's my that's my thing of the day. And I think I think before our next show, Royce, let's work on your sign off, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and with that exciting piece of advice from the talented Mr. Royce, we will bid you adieu. Thank you for listening, and we will be back again soon. We promise. Thanks right, again thanks for everyone. listening, guys. Yeah. Thanks, everyone.